Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. You may recall this scene from the 1990 movie Home Alone. Eight-year-old Kevin McAllister goes grocery shopping in the Chicago suburbs after his parents accidentally leave him home alone on a family trip to Paris. Are you here all by yourself? Ma'am, I'm eight years old. You think I'd be here alone? I don't think so. Where's your mom? My mom's in the car. Where's your father? He's at work. What about your brothers and your sisters? I'm an only child. Where do you live? Uh, I can't tell you that. Why not? Because you're a stranger. Unlike the parents in that Christmas classic, Illinois parents or guardians who leave kids under age 14 alone run the risk of being charged with neglect and or abuse of a minor. If that sounds a bit extreme, 14 is, after all, the age of many 8th and even 9th graders, you're not necessarily wrong. Illinois' law is the strictest of its kind in the nation, and the law itself is open to interpretation in ways that leave families, parents, guardians, and children vulnerable to consequences that include separation. Joining me to talk about how public policies like this law can affect family and child well-being, and whether 14 years old is a fair age limit for being left alone, is Sarah Font, Associate Professor of Sociology and Public Policy at Pennsylvania State University. Welcome. Thank you. Also joining the conversation is Stephen Hupp, Professor of Child Psychology at Southern Illinois University Edwardsville and co-author of Great Myths of Child Development. Stephen, welcome to the show. I'm a longtime listener, but first-time interviewee. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Great. Now, let's talk about the law itself. The state of Illinois considers it neglect and or abuse to leave someone under the age of 14 without supervision for a, quote, unreasonable period of time. What do you understand that to mean? Uh, Sarah, why don't we hear from you first? So this is a problem with a lot of neglect statutes is that when they're overly prescriptive, Uh, They leave things out or they end up um, including things they don't mean to. But in this sense, it's so vague that really no one is going to have a concrete definition of what reasonable or unreasonable length of time is. Mm -hmm. So I think I I don't know what it means. (laughs) I'll say that. And Stephen, for you, I believe you live in Illinois or at least teach over there. How do you understand unreasonable period of time? Yeah, I grew up in St. Louis, but I uh, live over in Edwardsville, and uh, I don't think there is a clear definition about what would be an unreasonable amount of time. I th- my understanding is the law was originally created in response to parents that had left their children home alone for multiple nights in a row uh, alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I think as we get into time home alone over multiple nights, then that definitely starts to get to be less and less reasonable. Sure. Now, 
Your background is in child psychology, so you're familiar with um, child development. Do you have any sense as to why the state landed on the age of 14 for this law? I don't know exactly why they picked 14 specifically. Um, We definitely stand out, as you said, we're the state with the highest age uh, limit there. In fact, most states don't have any specific legal limit. Mm -hmm. Um, If you look, a lot of states have non-binding guidelines that tend to range from about eight years old to 12 years old. Several of them suggest 10, uh, but they're not very legally binding in most states, uh, mm-hmm. and Illinois is one of the few exceptions. Right. And Sarah, for you, um, you, know, you, you teach at uh, Penn State, and I believe you also are from Michigan. In terms of what you know, why do laws like this one that we're talking about exist? Like, can you talk about the advent of them and maybe what has, has spurred the creation of policies like that? Sure. So certainly for young children, we can all imagine there are lots of risks to being left home alone or um, being unsupervised because a parent is incapacitated for um, due to drugs and alcohol or other reasons. Uh, so those children um, are at higher risk of things like uh, accidental injuries, um, They may cause accidents themselves by using a stove or other sorts of things. Um, So there's good reason to have supervision as a core component of neglect statutes. But the problem we run into is that developmentally, children uh, have a range of capabilities and knowledge. um, And so there's no clear cutoff about what's appropriate when. Mm -hmm. So I think Illinois tried to set a really high boundary to make sure it captured all um, possible inappropriate ages, uh, but it likely leaves too much room for interpretation. Mm -hmm. And on that interpretation front, when it comes to implementation and enforcement of this law, Sarah, um, what does implementation and enforcement look like and who is doing it? Sure. So, well, there are two things that people might do if they think a child is at risk. They can call uh, child protection or child protective services, or they can call law enforcement. And depending on what choice that person makes, the response could be very different. Um, But if they call child protection, what typically happens is a referral may get signed for an investigation. Uh, And if that happens, a caseworker will come out um, to the situation, they'll interview the child, the parents, other people involved, and try to make a determination as to whether it meets the threshold for abuse or neglect. Um, In most cases, in about 85% of cases nationally, the determination is that the allegation is not abuse or neglect. But in that remaining set of cases, uh, where there is a determination of abuse or neglect, then the family is susceptible to a court-ordered intervention, which could include foster care. Mm-hmm. Now, the work that you do is around um, policy and sociology, and we did a, a call-out for people to respond to an engagement question around age, um, what is appropriate at what time. We received an email from Steve who writes, It was nothing for my parents to leave me in charge of my brothers and sisters when I was 11 and older, but it was a different world in the 1960s in many ways. Yet I don't think society is so different
different, nor is human behavior, that a child of 11 today couldn't manage for an evening or a day without their parents. It's a matter of the proper training and environment. We also had a tweet from Carissa. I was left with my brother for sure by the time I was five. He was 10, and I was a latchkey kid starting in first or second grade. Essentially, I don't remember a time when I wasn't left home alone. We also heard from Donna, who wrote that she was watching other people's kids at age 12. Uh, We do want to hear from you this hour. At what age were you left on your own for the first time? If you're a parent or guardian, how does that compare to what you decided for your kid or kids? Join the conversation. Call us at 314-382-8255. That's 314-382-TALK. Or you can email us at talk at stlpr.org. Now, uh, Sarah and Stephen, you were both talking about situations wherein kids are are alone for extended periods of time and um, over many days, for example. Now, um, certainly in the case of that 15%, uh, Sarah, that you had mentioned where um, some intervention is warranted, uh, that is a good thing. And yet, Public policies like this law may very well be promoted by people with good intentions, but the impact can affect child and family well-being in very serious ways. So, for instance, um, Illinois parents can even temporarily lose custody of their children without a warrant at an officer's discretion for neglect. Um, Sarah, how likely is it really that a parent would lose custody of their kid for simply leaving them home alone for, let's say, you know, a day during the summer or for a few hours at night. Is, is that possible? So it's certainly possible. In general, I would say it's unlikely. There have been some, you know, high profile cases where um, someone calls the police and the police show up and they, they arrest the parent. And in that case, it really forces child protection's hand, right? If the parent is in police custody, the child then is without a person to take custody of them. Mm -hmm. But um, in the absence of that sort of scenario, it's very unlikely that child protection would uh, intervene in that sort of way for uh, a child who has come to no harm and is simply uh, home alone for a few hours. Mm -hmm. And Stephen, oh, sure, go ahead. Oh, Sorry, I was just going to say, um, but to the extent that someone calls and there is an investigation, that can, of course, be extremely distressing to the family, regardless of whether it results in an intervention. Mm -hmm. And Stephen, as far as what the impact of that kind of encounter may be on a child, I mean, what would be reasonably um, expected uh, as, as far as the reaction from a child to being questioned about whether their their parents are neglecting them. Sure, uh, especially children that are a little bit older, you know, close to 14 years old, uh, but even eight, nine, and 10 year olds can understand the stress that their parents are going through uh, and also experience a lot of anxiety about being interviewed themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, we did receive um, a, an email from Jeannie, and this is what she wrote. I'm 84 years old, 
And I've been in therapy for many years because of my traumatic childhood. I was often left alone from a very young age. Sometimes it was for a few hours, overnight, or a few days. When I was in ninth grade, my mother left me in Kansas City and went to Nevada to try and salvage a third marriage. I was left on my own with no resources. My first real memory of being left alone is when I was four years old. My mother worked nights, and we were living in a boarding house. While she was at work, I remember getting sick and throwing up my dinner on the bedspread. It sounds like Jeannie's story serves as a reminder of why child neglect laws are put in place. What is your response, each of you, to to what Jeannie wrote to us about in that situation? Well, my heart goes out uh, to her, uh, and it's something I hear people talk about a lot um, from their childhood. And uh, one of the important aspects of this law is that it's an unreasonable period of time without the regard for the mental or physical health, safety, or welfare of the minor. Mm -hmm. And so that is just one anecdote we've heard where it felt as if the mental and physical health and safety wasn't appropriately cared for. Uh, And so that's something parents can keep in mind when they are deciding about leaving their children at home is have they taken steps to look out for their children's mental or physical health and safety uh, when they're leaving their child home alone. Mm-hmm. Sarah, what struck you about uh, about Jeannie's email and perhaps uh, what Stephen's response is? Yeah, so I think that's exactly right, that the stories like Jeannie's are exactly the reason we have neglect laws and the reason that we... Um, you know, we think of neglect as equally serious and damaging to children as abuse. So we would hope that this Illinois law, to the, that it would be enforced in cases like Jeannie's, where there's a clear negligence, there's harm occurring to the child, um, and not in cases where a parent's exercising reasonable discretion. Mm-hmm. Senior producer Emily Woodbury reached out to the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services, and they shared that there is just so much more to this than a 14-year-old staying at home alone after school or whatnot. There's a reasonable standard, and each case, each child is different. That gets to, I think, what the both of you have been saying. Um, They also added, if someone left their child home alone for a trip to Vegas for five days and the child is 14 years old, uh, was left alone to care for a two-year-old and a 10-year-old and there were no plans for food, getting the children to school, emergency plan, medical help, etc., that's a problem because a 14-year-old is not a parent. If someone lets their 10-year-old child walk home from school and the child is mature enough to know how to go straight home, lock the door, and call their parent when they get home as a check-in, that's okay. If a parent leaves a child unattended in a hot car, that's a problem, as is a child found wandering in a diaper without clothing in their neighborhood. When DCFS reaches calls, uh, receives calls, that is, to our hotline about abuse and neglect, we determine if we uh, indicate or unfound them. If safety is an issue, we will work with the state attorney to determine a number of factors. So again, that was um, the response that we got from Illinois Department of Children and Family Services. Now, it seems like a a case where the law itself 
could be interpreted in rather broad ways has to do um, with Illinois Department of Children and Family Services like not going after uh, parents whose kids are alone for a bit of time um, after school. Um, is, is this response from uh, DCFS in Illinois one that, um, that is typical in other states as well, um, ones that maybe have less strict laws but whose practices maybe are similar? So I think, yes, there's always sort of this cautious uh, investigative approach. The concern with the Illinois law, I think, is so they are saying if a child of age 10 is walking home alone and they know how to get home and all these things, then that's not neglect. Sure, we all agree about that. But the problem is, is if someone sees that 10-year-old walking home alone, they don't know whether to call or not mm -hmm. because the law is ambiguous about what should be called in. And so that's where I think it has the potential to subject families to unnecessary investigations, mm -hmm. even if those investigations are ultimately resolved in an appropriate way. Don't go far. When we come back, we'll move into the question of age and how to gauge readiness for kids to be alone. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Welcome back. I'm Elaine Cha. We're discussing an Illinois law that considers it neglect and or abuse of a minor for parents to leave kids under the age of 14 alone. It's the strictest law of its kind in the country. Here with me to discuss is SIUE child psychology professor Stephen Hupp and Penn State sociology associate professor Sarah Font. Now, before the break, we were talking about the effects of this law, how open to interpretation it is. Stephen, when we're considering a law like this and its effects, how do laws like this one disproportionately affect certain households? For example, not everyone can afford to secure childcare around the clock. And who, who's most affected? Well, certainly there was a rise in children need, needing to stay home alone with the increase in single parent households, with the increase in dual income households. And so families from single parent households or dual income households are needing to have their kids home more, uh, which was my case when my kids were younger. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this law can disproportionately affect them. Mm -hmm. And Sarah, as far as uh, some of the things that have been uh, done in order to prevent uh, misreporting, are there, are there things that have been recommended by uh, state governments to, to help people avoid that? So in general, when we train people who are mandatory reporters, meaning they're required under the law to report suspected abuse or neglect, the trainings often encourage them to not do any sort of detective work, to not um, you know, try to investigate on their own. And it's more of a, if you see something, say something approach. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I think in cases like this, where the details really matter, um, that can be a real disservice and can result in reports that 
a few questions would have made the person realize that report didn't need to be made. Mm-hmm. Now, we do have Emily on line two. Emily, welcome to St. Louis on the Air. Hello? Hello? Hi, Emily. Hi. Um, yeah, I was just going to add that um, I grew up outside of Philadelphia and my husband grew up outside of Atlanta and we both had periods of time when we were home alone, usually after school. Um, I think for me, it was from about age eight when my mom went back to work, um, had a key, let myself in, um, that kind of thing. And we now have three kids and have similar situations a couple of days a week. Um, to add to something that was mentioned earlier, like the cost of after school care, even though we're a pretty comfortable middle income family, like the cost of after school care is outrageous. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, my kids stay home alone a little bit after school. Um, but I said to like the intake person, we've also just gone by what our kids are comfortable with to some extent. Like my oldest is 12. He's fine for a little while after school with his two younger sisters, but is not comfortable being left home alone after dark. Like mm-hmm. if we want to go out. So then we get help. But, um, um, and we've also just made a point that they know the neighbors, they know what to do in case of an emergency. They have a few special rules about like what they can use in the kitchen if no adults are home. Um, but yeah, it's been most, it, in, in big part, it's a financial decision, um, but also a decision to try to give them independence. But it's, it's also, it's scary to think that a neighbor, and I would say even when they were a little younger, I would have been comfortable leaving them home alone, but I was always nervous that like if someone saw something that they thought in their own judgment was not okay, that we could get in trouble for something that was a, a reasonable parenting decision. So. Right. Stephen, what do you think of what Emily's shared there? Well, the first thing that stood out to me was she specifically mentioned the age of eight. And that is, there's no specific rule in Missouri, uh, but the abuse and neglect hotline will take reports for under the age of eight uh, and then investigate them. Uh, And so that is a very specific uh, age uh, worth mentioning for the Missouri listeners. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then also Emily made a lot of excellent points, like when you're deciding about if you're going to leave a child home alone, one of the first thing to do would be to ask them how they feel about it and how do they feel safe. And Emily did a great job of kind of saying there were some situations where her child would feel safe home alone and then other situations uh, that where that wouldn't be the case. And she also went over some of the key aspects in terms of like setting up some house rules about mm-hmm. what you could use in the kitchen and what you can't use in the kitchen uh, when parents are away. So I think uh, Emily described a lot of very excellent points. Mm-hmm. We also got a an email from Michelle who lives in Illinois. She wrote, I was a latchkey kid with my younger sister from near the end of second grade, and I was paid to watch other people's kids overnight by age 11. I don't advocate for how I was raised, but I have an autistic eight-year-old that is very intelligent and very capable. My kid gets overwhelmed in grocery stores and while shopping. The kid has gone to the car to seek some quiet, and people have called the police for the child being in the car reading. In Illinois, she has up to 10 minutes in the car before it's illegal. The police don't always know this and have told me that they are not allowed in the car alone even for even a few minutes, but it does lead me to check out quickly. So it is safer for this child to be home alone with an internet-capable device to use for calling, which has never needed to be done. 
my interpretation is that this is okay for least harm because the largest risk of harm is people seeing her. Um, Sarah, how do you or, or what what do you make of what Michelle has written about and sort of the um, the pros and cons that she has weighed and what her her past experiences have been with um, with state agencies? Yeah, so that's exactly the sort of um, difficult decision making that we put reporters in, uh, so people who might report abuse or neglect in when laws are vague like this. Um, because we all hear the stories of you know children who um, you know have been killed or harmed by their parents, and there were lots of little red flags and no one quite thought it needed to be reported or they weren't sure. And so now we've kind of entered an era where people, um, you know, they want to be on the safe side, but they don't always realize that um, that too has the potential for harm mm-hmm. um, when you subject a, a child with autism to uh, police showing up, uh, you know, and, and questioning them, that that's terrifying. So, um, yeah, I don't feel like there are very easy answers to this because we do want people to call when they're really concerned about a child's safety, but we need to do a better job of um, how we think about evaluating safety. Like, is a child of age eight reading in a car a a safety risk? I would say no, Um, but our training doesn't always encourage a lot of critical thinking on that. Mm -hmm. As a last note, and very quickly, is there something that each of you would recommend for parents to do Um, parents and guardians, in order to gauge whether their child is ready for a milestone like being on their own? So I think the key is to just give your child gradual bits of independence, um, let them do more chores around the house, have them prepare their own snacks, have them order their own meals at restaurants, um, have them check out the uh, do the, the the checkout order at the grocery store and kind of gauge how well they're picking up those independent skills, mm-hmm. uh, including other ones around the house, and use that gauge to determine if they're ready to be home alone. Mm-hmm. I would just add, you know, to talk early and often about, um, you know, who do they call in case of an emergency? Um, what do they do in case of a fire? All of the sort of emergency planning just to make sure that, Um, you know, they are prepared in the event that they need to be alone for whatever period of time. And as a final note here, we would like to say that last year, the Illinois House unanimously passed a bill attempting to lower the age for children to stay home from 14 to 12, but the bill ultimately stalled in the Senate. So it remains to be seen whether lawmakers will take up the proposal uh, this legislative session. Stephen Hupp is Southern Illinois University Edwardsville child psychology professor and co-author of Great Myths of Child Development, and Sarah Fond is Penn State Sociology and Public Policy Associate Professor. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank Thank you. you. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. 
Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.